This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, peanut butter is more expensive for the first time in 20 years. That's a good example of how the price of food in Canada is on the rise. And how is extreme weather making it worse? How is the dollar making it better? And what exactly are we looking at for costs? We chat with Sylvain Charlebois, researcher and professor in the food distribution and food policy to get some insight. Nintendo is pumping out a brand new model of the Nintendo Switch that is brand new with new things, but not really many new things. Blaine Kylo has all the latest on that. And are you okay with McDonald's with a side of Pfizer? This and more coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast. Um, are you okay? Are you okay with the Habs losing? Really? They're going to be a scary team in a few years. Holy crap. Did you really Suzuki, think they were going to Caulfield. win? Uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, you know, I've been rewatching The Last Dance, that Michael Jordan documentary. And I was kind of mm-hmm. thinking, you know, this series, what I've watched, I feel like this is going to be a documentary series in like 20 years. But the stupid Tampa Bay Lightning had to go in and be lame and win the Stanley Cup. They were pretty great. And, um, I mean, really when you get into this, the, you know, the, the pressers at the very end of it, I mean, Nikita Kucherov was, he was kind of right when he said, you know, are you kidding me? Montreal acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. And it's possible that that fired up the lightning to be like, okay, these guys have no idea. Right. He has a point shirtless and all. All right. He also went off to the Knights, who they didn't even play. Oh, he was—he was—he just popped he, off. He did. It was kind of cool, actually, to see somebody from the NHL just actually speak openly. That was pretty great. Um, the NHL seems to be coming an awful lot like politics, where you're not allowed to speak against the uh, oh great dictator. All right. Sorry, buddy. Are you okay? Are you okay with McDonald's? Oh, I ate too much. Yes. No, no, I'm not. I ate too really? much. I ate too much. For There was a period where I ate way too much McDonald's. Hmm. And then I quit cold turkey. And then there was a period where uh, if I'd had a, a bit too much to drink, the very next morning, the very first question I would ask was, did I have any McDonald's? That was my biggest regret. If I had McDonald's, well, I was a little bit intoxicated. And I actually still, I don't get intoxicated very much anymore, but I still ask that question and uh, it hmm. scarred me. That's your biggest regret, eh? Of all the things you Damn, can do when you're yeah. drunk. I don't do much else. Damn. I'm. You think I'm boring sober. Wait till you see me drunk. What about, um, <laughs> <laughs> what about, um, what's the best then? What's the best meal at McDonald's? What's your drunk meal at McDonald's? Oh, it was a Big Mac. It was a Big Mac and fries. Just oh, come on. on. Yeah. You can do better than that. Yeah. Quarter pounder with the, cheese. Uh, only milk. cheese, only pickles. Oh. Combo with a Diet Coke and 10 nuggets. Well, that's just excessive. Not bad. Uh, gentlemen, allow me. What you do <laughs> hold, is hold you get a McDouble. <laughs> you add an extra slice of cheese and have it dressed like a Big Mac. So it's like a mini Big Mac. And then you get a junior chicken with the spicy Thai, which they don't have anymore. So you can do the spicy Cajun instead sauce. You take the bun out of one of them and you stick it and make it into one massive hybrid sandwich. And you eat it with a large fry and you wake up the next morning and you don't have a hangover. And if you do have a hangover, you can just go to McDonald's and get an egg McMuffin. That was basically my diet when I was 19. Really, hey? It's funny because when I stopped eating McDonald's, I put on more weight. Now I eat vegetables and healthy and less wheat. I eat less pasta, less bread. I eat tons of veggies, uh, all home-cooked meals. Don't go out anymore. I put on 30 pounds. I, I have a hypothesis. It's the getting older thing because that's the same thing for me. It's getting much, much more difficult. My diet's getting better and better, but it's getting much more of a struggle not to put on weight. 
Wow. Well, you're not, Ned. Don't have any good news, do you? <laughs> you're just getting old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't fight time, unfortunately. This is true. This is true. Well, if you're okay with McDonald's, some exciting news for you. If you're in the United States for a Big Mac, you can get a side order of fries and Pfizer. Can I get a large Pfizer? Pfizer. In partnership with Prevent Health, community members aged 12 and older are invited to receive the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine at select McDonald's locations. Here's more <laughs> from NBC Bay Area. This Vallejo McDonald's is among those serving up shots today. And 12-year-old Ayana was relieved to roll up her sleeve at a familiar place. This was really quick and easy. There wasn't a line whatsoever. You just walk in, get it, and walk out. It was really fun. So I think it was pretty easy, and I think other people who, like me, with anxiety, it's much easier. It's all part of a statewide initiative to reach those who've had a hard time getting access to the vaccine. 70 McDonald's locations across the state will offer vaccinations in the coming weeks. One of the biggest issues that people have raised is access. I'm too busy during the day that I need to go to a clinic at night or I need the clinic to be closer to me. This is part of a series of initiatives to get clinics closer to people. McDonald's cook Leonida Ponce took a break from making hamburgers to finally get vaccinated. To have it here at my work is more comfortable. I didn't have to make an appointment. It was easy, she said. 13-year-old Joshua says one of the best parts of getting a shot at Mickey D's, lunch on the house. It was convenient. You get free food. Wow. Yeah. I, um, I can't hear Ryan. Um... How many people are going to go for four or five, though, if they're getting free food? That's a good <laughs> you're point. Going to glow in the dark. Can you hear me now? Yep. Your button okay. just stuck. It's, it's getting old over here. I gotta, I gotta oh, grease button. up the button here. Everyone's getting old. McDonald's, yeah. McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken and a pizza. No? Can you hear me? I have no idea. I can hear you. Yeah, I we can, can hear you. Oh, yeah. I just sang that on national radio. Cool. All right, great. All right. Yeah. We were just listening to you. Yeah, no, that was fine. Why don't they no. just, you know what the next conspiracy theory is going to be? That McDonald's uh, just injects Pfizer right into the burger patties so that you're going to, every time you go there, you get a micro dose of mRNA. Mm. M-R-N-A. Free food. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. You really are you really are struggling with the loss of your hockey team, aren't you? Do I you really like am. A hug or something. Yes. All right. Uh, so <laughs> the vaccines at McDonald's in the states are free. Immigration status is not needed. Anybody can go, and a translation device will be available. Appointments are recommended, but McDonald's is a okay with walk-ins. No word if you can get a shot in the drive-through lane on your way by. Uh, would you like some fries with that and? Okay, hold still. <laughs> Some teenage puberty kid. Giving you your shots, sir. <laughs> you, the short people who can't, you have to like lean out of the car anyway to pay for something. And now you got to mm -hmm. lean out and hold your arm still as you try to get a shot. Seems like a great I idea. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Oh, sorry, I missed. I got you in the neck. Are you okay? <laughs> Since we're on the topic of food, are you okay with Subway? Yeah, I don't regret that as much when when I haven't been intoxicated and, and I get fast food. If it's Subway, that's okay. What's, that's it's a, interesting that because a... so many people will say, McDonald's isn't real food. And I'm like, but you eat Subway. I mean, Subway's well, bread okay. in some countries is not even qualified as bread. That's true. That's true. I mean, Subway... I never used to go to Subway. I've, I still stand by Quiznos, but Quiznos has like three locations left in the entire country, so it's hard to find. So I warmed up to Subway, and I will say, an Italian BMT with honey yep. mustard, light mayo, some salt, and everything on it is a really good lunch, and it's not too expensive. Uh, I haven't had it drunk yet, but I have heard from many people that Subway is an outstanding food to have. 
if you are intoxicated. As a single dad with two teenage kids, I am a solo parent. Almost $60 to feed both my kids and myself at Subway. That is why I'm not okay with Subway. $60? Although I will agree. Well, it's about $18 by the time you get like a drink and, right? Oh, that's so you true, your, yeah. Right? And so times three, you're at 54 plus tax. Um, I'm sure there's carbon tax in there somewhere too. Uh, so, I mean, although Mr. Sub, I want to acknowledge. I mean, so like a chicken bacon ranch at Subway, great. Your BMT that you talk about, also great. I would just go with the Italian dressing. And uh, But you do all those same things at Mr. Sub's great too. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. Like it. All right. The chain of Subway is upgrading its ingredients and mobile app in hopes of drawing in more customers. Again, starting July 13th, the company's U.S. restaurants will offer nearly a dozen new or improved ingredients. How does that make you feel? <laughs> improved. Now with really? improved ingredients. Now with almost food. Um, yeah, they're also revamping 10 original sandwiches. Here's more from Mashed. On July 12th, more than 10,000 subway locations across the country will close at 6 p.m. to prepare for the next day's revamped menu launch, which the chain will celebrate by giving away 1 million free 6-inch Turkey Cali Fresh subs from 10 a.m. to noon on July 13th. Customers will also find 20-plus menu updates according to the press release, including 11 new and improved ingredients, 6 all-new or returning sandwiches, and 4 revamped signature sandwiches. Subway's sales have fallen in recent years, which CNN attributes to consumers finding other choices in the fast casual dining space. With this vast menu update, the chain hopes to appeal to customization-seeking customers with higher quality core ingredients. Well, okay. Uh, they didn't I mean, say high quality. Idea. Just quality. They said <laughs> higher quality. Ah, I actually, I, I couldn't find it earlier, but I found the list of what's being changed. Would you like to hear it? Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. So the bacon, which I always thought was disgusting. Like no fast food chain has good bacon except Wendy's. Uh, so the bacon, which was paper, is now hickory smoked. It's turkey and ham sliced more thinly. So does that mean it's the same ham and turkey? Just How can they get more thin? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Higher quality ingredients. Okay. Uh, they're bringing back rotisserie style chicken and roast beef. I remember the roast beef. Mm -hmm. uh, I never ate it because that sounds gross. But Is that, it actually uh, chicken, not jello looking stuff? No. Now, keep reading the script because there is some news on the tuna. <laughs> oh, dear. Subway's yes. been struggling lately. Subway's parent company, Doctors Associates, reported a 2020 revenue of $689.1 million, down 28% from 2019's number of 958, according to franchisee disclosure documents. Uh, still, there are, as of 2000... Whoa, what just happened there? Wait, hold on. Hold on. That's a typo. As of 2019, there are 3,200 subways in Canada oh, yeah, and over 22,000 in the U.S. I think you started a paragraph and didn't finish it. That's Here's the interesting happened. news. Subway isn't ditching the current tuna, which recently has been the subject of a lawsuit and New York Times investigation that claims that the protein served at Subway isn't actually tuna. Trevor Haynes, head of Subway's North American division, says, We love our tuna. It is nothing but 100% tuna and is one of the few things that we did not change because we are very proud of the product. Uh, Higher quality ingredients. Uh, I feel like they didn't change it because if they did, it would be admitting that they were selling mystery meat yeah. for the past like 10 years. I like this. They're doubling down. I like this. Yeah, stick the with tuna? it. Yeah, stick with yeah. it. Double down. How does their bacon get thinner? That's amazing. No, the bacon um, doesn't get thinner. The other stuff gets thinner. The bacon yeah. is now hickory smoked. So their new recipe is less meat-ish stuff? That's basically it. By the way, our new recipe includes less for you for the same high price. This is dreadful. Um, it breaks my heart. We're going to move on. Are you okay? Are you okay with dogs? Yeah, other people's dogs. Yes, I, like dogs. I, yeah, I, I, like I dogs. love dogs. 
Okay, well, let's do another one. Are you okay? Are you okay with dogs with jobs? Oh. Get uh, a job, you lazy dog. <laughs> when I worked at the dog show, I met a dog named, uh, oh, I think his name was Lethal. No, it wasn't Lethal. That was a different dog. I can't remember this dog's particular name, but it was a corpse-sniffing dog. And Good. this guy was teaching, showing me how he taught, teaches the dog. And he's got this container in his hand. And he says, in this container is like human flesh. There's teeth in there and some stuff. The police give it to us. And he ran to the other side of the stadium and he put it up. And then he lets the dog out of the cage. And within maybe two minutes, the dog has found it on the other side of the stadium. And it's just like it's, they do such cool things when they're trained like that. It's amazing. That's neat. A bunch of dogs in New Mexico might be feeling upset about uh, losing their jobs and getting laid off. Oh, they took our jobs! They took your jobs! They took your jobs! According to KOB4 News, before law enforcement agencies across New Mexico are laying off their drug-sniffing dogs. Why? Because cannabis is now legal. One local department had to retire its dog Aries. Good boy. Back in May, our four investigates team highlighted how the Farmington Police Department planned to retire its drug-sniffing dogs trained to detect marijuana because of problems posed in establishing probable cause. Here's the problem. A dog will indicate a drug is present but cannot communicate which drug. A handler can't determine if the dog found meth, heroin, or a legal amount of marijuana. So now marijuana is legal. Uh, if the dog alerts on it and we got a search warrant, we'd be violating somebody's rights. So, so that meant the, the easiest, simplest thing was to just uh, stop using those dogs for that purpose. Now we've learned state police is planning to retire all nine of its dogs trained to detect marijuana. Oh. Interesting. I, I would think that they would be like the legal aspect of that is really interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And now can you imagine that dog? Maybe like one of those dogs has been working for a year and then, well, sorry, you're going to put into retirement. I don't know. It's, I guess I don't understand how it violates somebody's rights. If the dog is a drug dog and then they get a warrant to search your house, they go in your house, they search your house and then they're like, oh, you have weed. That's cool. Sorry for the trouble. Like, how is that, And unless it's like you see on TV where they're just, like, tearing things apart and putting holes in the walls. I, just, yeah, I guess it's probably going to happen. I suppose. The rep- cost of replacing all of those dogs, according to the report, $194,000. That's a lot wow. of money. That doesn't really Are... surprise me, though, hmm? honestly. What, the cost? Yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me because the breeding, the training... And the upkeep of those animals is insanely expensive. It's a lot of milk bones. Um, Let's do one more. Are you okay? Are you okay with more snakes? Other people's snakes. We had had snakes last night on the show. All right. Missing snakes aren't just in Austria or Australia. Stray, 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 I can't spell that Australia. word. All right, it's, it's, oh, it's, 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 wow. it just goes past no, my I brain. Yeah, yep. yep. just, just you can do it. Australia, typo. Say it like, just read it like they say it. Australia, liar. Uh, lost snakes in Canada too. Victoria Police are asking for the owners of a large snake to recover their reptile after it was found on the patio of an apartment building. A very, very large snake. Here's more from Global News. Vic PD says it was called to a building in the 700 block of Vancouver Street Tuesday evening when this four-foot-long snake was discovered on a ground floor patio. Officers and a person who lives in the unit used a golf club and a broomstick to corral the snake before putting it in a large cardboard box. The snake is now in animal control services where it waits for its owner to take it home. We are hoping to figure out the circumstances around this incident. Why is there a four-foot uh, boa constrictor or, or uh, otherwise uh, in our downtown core? Why is it out on the loose when it could possibly pose a risk to the public or certainly to the public's pets? I like how he says it's out on the loose like it should be on a leash. <laughs> <laughs> Snake on a leash. I don't think that worked very well. And not to mention, let's be honest, that unit owner 
did not grab a golf club to corral it into a box. That was a <laughs> that was an attempted 150 yard seven iron that did not work out. <laughs> this is the Shift Podcast. Well, we've heard an awful lot about heat domes and everything else. I was chatting with my buddy Patty, who is a he's a farmer. His crops are in in tough shape. We heard an awful lot about raspberry crops and cherry crops and so on from BC getting crushed in the heat. So when we want to talk food, we call Sylvain. Sylvain Charlebois joins us now. Um, This is your jam, Sylvain. This is what you do all your work for, forecasting the cost (laughs) of food. And then uh, can you, is there anything you can do in your world when you get this massive heat wave that starts to, you know, uh, decimate crops in certain areas or is that mitigated in all your, uh, your food science? Uh, it's every year has its own story. And, uh, I, I must admit though, last year with COVID, it was, it was unbelievably complicated with, uh, with our, our work with, uh, we work with Guelph, uh, you Saskatchewan and UBC. And, uh, we had our time developing our models to forecast this year. It's going to be a little bit easier, but, uh, mother nature always has, uh, her own agenda. So every year we'll deal with droughts. We'll deal with heat waves, uh, too much rain, not, not a much rain, too much heat, not enough heat. It really depends. I mean, the bottom line is that farmers, uh, I've always had to deal with weather, uh, whether it was helpful or not. But what's trick, what's what's becoming a problem is that uh, that weather patterns are becoming insanely uh, unpredictable, and 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 weather patterns are actually extreme. I mean, for example, I mean in BC you had one town recording uh, temperatures of forty nine point six degrees. That's just insane, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, clearly when you deal. With the, that kind of heat, you will damage crops, and uh, and farmers will just have nothing to sell. So that so every year has a different story. But this year, uh, what we're seeing out west, in particular in the prairies and NBC, it's is highly unusual. Yeah. Well, a conversation we had yesterday on the shift with an extreme weather expert. That's all he does, and he lives in Phoenix, and even he was saying, "Whoa, that's hot." <laughs> right <laughs> in phoenix yeah and so he was yeah. studying the 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 extreme weather in alberta and or excuse me in bc in particular Lytton, and then into alberta and he even he was surprised at what it was so to your point yeah. there's always things going on now pat he's where my farmer friend he's worried about feed come the winter time and yeah. and here we are but the system does the system adapt to that i mean who who loses money who wins who loses in all this Sylvain? It affects most crops. Uh, of course, uh, we'll we'll be hearing about raspberries and, and different fruits uh, because uh, uh, crops harvest actually will come uh, in in July, August, September. So we'll hear uh, different patches of 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 products being affected by by severe weather. But uh, over the long run, absolutely, without moisture, uh, livestock will be affected because, uh, well, farmers will have to buy their feed. They can't just grow feed. And so that really adds on to cost. Whether or not they'll be able to pass on uh, their cost to their customers as as yet to be seen, but futures are up, which means that – Hopefully, cattle producers will actually be uh, will be able to make more money. Uh, hog producers as well. Uh, we think they'll be making more money, but it's never it's never a certainty. You never know. Each and every cattle producer will will have their own arrangements and contracts. Uh, most of them uh, will make sure to have to make enough money. So, and when that happens, of course, in the end, guess who's paying? The consumer, mm-hmm. uh, and so this year alone, this year we've seen chicken prices go up by eight percent. And chicken, within the trifecta of meat, with pork, beef, and chicken, uh, chicken is like the tide. If chicken goes up, everything else goes up, and so that's what we're seeing right now. And with the heat wave and the droughts that we're seeing, 
that we could actually see prices go even higher by the time we're done with 2021. The price of beef has been astronomical to begin with here over the last little bit. Is it is it going up too? I mean, you go see some of those numbers when you look at the, the cost per pound. I mean, there was one I looked at the other day. It was like $67 or something crazy. That's right. Yeah, you almost need a mortgage to buy yeah. beef these days. The meat counter is is unfriendly to to consumers on a tight budget for sure uh, right now. So last year we saw beef go up. Beef did go up again uh, by four percent this year so far. Pork is up five percent. Chicken eight percent. We are expecting more more increases at, at the meat counter by the time we're done with this year. But he, he, here's the thing, Shane. With with inflation, inflation is not a game of averages. So if I throw at you a four or five, you may think, well, four or five percent, no big deal. But the inflation game is felt on the margins. Products you actually buy. <laughs> not just the ground beef, but you'll the steak or uh, the sirloin and, and the products. And, and those products are probably up 10 to 15%. That's why people are noticing higher prices at the meat counter. Well, the good news is the price of spam hasn't changed. So <laughs> that's all I'm getting well, these days. Here's, here's the other thing, Shane. I mean, so the center of the store is under pressure too, where spam is, Okay. Uh, just to give you one example, peanut butter. Do you like peanut butter? I do. I like the real creamy, Who doesn't? creamy stuff, right? Exactly. If you don't like peanut well, butter, peanut butter crazy. in Canada has been priced the same over the last 20 years in Canada. From t- 2000 to 2020, same price. Peanut butter is the same price, except for this year. This year, peanut butter is up 6%. That tells you exactly what's going on in a grocery store every Every section of the grocery store is affected right now by what's going on with commodity prices. Commodity prices are going up and uh, with the logistics around the world because of COVID, moving things around. And I think you know that container prices are way up uh, to move anything around is way, way more expensive. So you're, you're, you're affected by inflation no matter where you go in a grocery store. Uh, container prices up anywhere from four to 10 times what it used to be price of fuel with OPEC. They were putting the squeeze on. Now it looks like they sort of got, <laughs> they got put into check on that one, but they were putting the squeeze <laughs> on It's actually working. Yeah. yeah. They got um, the, the squeeze on supply, which put prices up. Uh, in addition to there's of course, additional carbon tax. I mean, that's just a factor in Canada and, uh, and all of these things happening. Plus there's an awful lot of people that are not going back to their jobs. There's all kinds of people that want more money for those old jobs. And I mean, we're kind of getting hit from all different sides. Does that start to fit into the into the realm of, of how to you forecast this stuff? Because I don't understand how you do it. Oh, yeah. And then you forgot one other thing that's really important affecting everyone. The roof we have on top of our head, people are paying more for rents. Right. People are paying more for their mortgages now. A lot of people have moved the last 12 months right. because they decide to buy something nicer uh, because their personal address doesn't matter as much anymore professionally because they can work from anywhere. Yep. So that that is adding on to the pressure. Uh, and so we are expecting a lot of consumers to trade down when it comes to food. Uh, and so what that means, private labels are going to become more popular. Uh, and that's why you're seeing a lot of conversion, especially out west conversions of grocery store into discount stores. Discounting is going to be huge and they're going to actually use loyalty programs to lure you back into your grocery store as much as possible. Does it work, um, you know, for everyone to get looking for those cheap deals? I mean, I feel like we always are looking for the deal. I mean, I use the Flip app all the time, which is dynamite to find deals, but you, you kind of give up on one end of it to get the deal on the other end of it, right? So you go to this store, this aisle's on sale, but if you go to that store, that aisle's on sale. So you have to stop at four different places if you really want to save money. Um, but it's not, you know, is that stuff working to keep everyone shopping? Because it seems well, we're like we're buying more expensive houses and cars. We're paying less. We'd want to pay less for food. Less for food, yeah, but it's it's not happening. You're going to be paying more. The average family will be spending $700 more on food this year. Wow. Alone. So that's that's the reality. And uh, the only way to save, I would say, um, 
other than complying to this flyer game uh, that that you're playing right now, and of course that's a smart way to do it. Uh, you're, you'll be comparing, and that's a quick way to do it. But the best way to do it, really, if you have the time, and not everyone does have the time, is to actually go from one store to another and look for unadvertised deals. There's a lot of them, mm-hmm. actually. You'll be surprised, Shane, how many items are uh, in a grocery store that are on sale, discounted, but not advertised. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're at 50% off just because the past due date is like tomorrow or something like that. It's amazing. Um, how many products are on sale, but they just don't, grocers don't have the time to advertise these products. And frankly, they don't necessarily want to because it would basically bring prices down. They want to sell you uh, higher priced uh, products, obviously. But you, you, if you actually go to more than one location, you will increase your chances of actually having access to good deals. There was a, a lady in front of me at the uh, Save on Foods, and she had her app with all the sale prices, and everything she bought was the same. None of it was on sale at Save on Foods, but she had the sale price everywhere else. So if you are, if you do plug into the coupon game, um, yeah. she got discounts on pretty much every single thing that she bought that day. Her husband stood there with his arms crossed like men do <laughs> and, uh, rolled his eyes. But then at the very end, she pulls out the receipt. She's like, I just saved us 30 bucks. And he goes, okay, that's all right. Right. Like he was happy with the outcome, but not really maybe with the, with the process. Um, what about, organic- yeah, if, you're, if you're not picky, I guess it can help. But that was it. Uh, I mean, they were there to save money and she nailed yeah. it. It seemed from my perspective. Um, there you go. What about organics versus non-organic vegetables and fruits? I mean, there's been such a trend to organic eating, but to me, the cost seems to be going up and up and up there to a point where if you go to some of these marketplaces, um, you start to see some of the exact same fruits in the market as you do in the grocery store. And, you know, is that getting lost in all this, this premium organic product? Not necessarily. I mean, the premium is still there. The margin between organics and conventional is shrinking, actually. That's good news. So because, yeah, because the baseline is actually going up. Oh, that's bad news. (laughs) That's bad news. (laughs) So no matter what options you're using, you're going to be paying more. But the, 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 the good news is that if you really care about organics, uh, if, if this is something you want to do, uh, if organics are, are products you want to buy, uh, that margin makes these products a little bit more attractive, essentially. Yeah. And so because I would say that five years ago, that margin was so steep, it was so it was so large that it just made organics unaffordable. Yeah. Now they're from a perceptual uh, perspective. I mean, they, 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 are, they are becoming a little bit more affordable, I guess. Yeah. Well, you have four kids. Um, how do you do it? I rarely, I, I don't, uh, I don't really, we don't really buy organics because they're very expensive. And, uh, and frankly, I mean, the reasons you would buy organics for would be for your health, the environment, uh, the environment, there's probably a case to be made there on nutrition. Not much. I mean, there's, there's, there's been so many studies out there suggesting, that there's little or no difference uh, between organics and and conventional products. So uh, we we love our kids and we want them to get educated. So we have to save up so, so save up yeah. money for their schooling. I don't. I just don't <laughs> feed mine every day. That's how I go. I just like <laughs> you ate yesterday. You're fine. Um, no leftovers. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it is interesting to look at that perspective, though, right? I mean, this is the real life look of all of the food and all of the things. And I don't know about you, but I would still rather get, I I mean, I was in Vernon, BC and everything we ate for dinner that day, other than the steak was gathered that day directly out of the ground. I went to this guy's, he's selling vegetables out of his garden and he picked the carrots out of the ground, right? Like he pulled the corn uh, ear right off and uh, the potatoes were right out of the ground that day. The cherries were right off the tree that day. And the flavor there and the enjoyment there that people seem to attach to organics. I mean, there's a big difference between fresh food and food that's a few weeks old or a couple of weeks old. Oh, yeah. Right? Versus, to me, the organics or the not organic. I'll choose, fr- like, fr- carrots out of the ground. I mean, come on, convince me that there's nothing better than carrots that have just come out of the ground. 
As long as there's no manure. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Clean it up, please. Please wash them first. <laughs> but absolutely, of course. Uh, but what's you know what's really intriguing, Shane, these days? I'm actually seeing grocers uh, becoming greenhouses uh there are some chains right now bringing in greenhouses so people can actually pick fresh products that are still growing uh produce that are still growing in the store and that's how that's how i call i, I call them grocers g-r-o-w-c-e-r mm -hmm. grocers because more and more and that's uh, that's due to covid people want to get local whether, how can you get more local when you can actually pick some fresh products in your grocery store? Uh, that's a phenomena. Sobeys just signed a deal with a German company. That German company, I think it's called Infarm, it basically deliver into stores these miniature greenhouses. People can, just, people can just walk in and grab plants they can bring home. They can grab spices, uh, um, uh, herbs uh, they want for for their home it's incredible so that shift is is happening fresh is big empowering people empower gardeners to to have access to different kinds of products uh, as they go to the grocery store yeah there's a canadian company a friend of mine it's harvest hub uh, harvesthub.ca so they do a vertical style farming where the idea is basically that is that on the back end of the grocery store would be the farm and yeah, exactly. It would be literally the vertical farming would be right there. You want your deep root vegetables, they can do it. Um, and it's amazing product and amazing ideas. Um, Sylvanus Charlebois, thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. And um, I hope that you enjoy that spam for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> Certainly, I will. <laughs> Take care. It's the Shift Podcast. Only is he from the technological world in solocore.com, S O L O C O R P S.com, uh, coach of the year, Blaine Kylo. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. Good. Um, Ryan is very excited about the, uh, the gamering stuff to get us started here on the technological world today. Where do we go? Well, we've got to find $450. Um, sometime between now and October 8th, which is when Nintendo will be releasing its new model of the Switch console, cleverly named the Nintendo Switch OLED model. Um, so <laughs> Boy, very I spent simple. a lot of time on that. Um, so it, it, it's, it's a new Switch. It, it comes with a dock so that you can put it in the dock and plug it into your TV. The thing that makes it different is that it's got a seven inch OLED screen, which is compared to the 6.2 inch sort of regular screen of the launch model. And the switch light, which was the second switch that was released has a smaller 5.5 inch screen and the switch light, you can't actually plug it into your TV. It's, it's strictly a handheld. So That's the Nintendo switch OLED model, um, really that's the deal. It's, it, you get a nice big fancy screen on it. Um, you get double the internal storage, so up to 64 gigabytes of internal storage and all of your existing Joy-Con controllers will work with the new hardware. So that's a bonus. Sounds cool. Eh, I'm yeah. a little mad about it. I, I got like, I have a switch the screen is fine. All of the games I play look great on it. It's fine. You know, I've got a PS5 and PC and other things. If I want games, look super pretty. I just, I was really hoping for the big 4K upgrade Nintendo Super Switch that's coming at the throat of PlayStation and Xbox. And I thought we were going to get it. Blaine, do you think they're holding off on an announcement for another year? Or is it just not happening? The smart people that I follow think that Nintendo wanted to be able to do a 4K Switch. So for those who aren't up on, this, on the lingo, um, right now, the Switch, when you use the launch model Switch and you ha 
have it in the dock and it's displaying on your TV, it's just giving you standard high definition. So it's the regular high definition. It's not the 4K high definition graphics that you're getting from the new consoles from Microsoft and Sony. And there was lots of speculation that Nintendo had planned on a version of the Switch that would be able to output those high-res graphics. But there's also a semiconductor shortage worldwide and has been for more than a year now, such that, you know, car companies are hundreds of millions of dollars in the hole because they can't build cars because they can't get the chips that they need to put in them. And so I think that what's happened is Nintendo had, they still want to do a 4K Switch, but they can't get the chips to be able to do it. Nintendo's also very good at incremental updates to their devices. They're not trying to sell a new Switch to everybody out there. They're trying to sell Switches to people who don't already have them. And now they've got a fancier Switch for all of those people who don't have them. So is there going to be a 4K switch? Yes, I think there probably will be. I think it's probably a year away because I think it's going to be that long before the chip shortage that is likely caused the delay now will be resolved. And in the meantime, Nintendo's like, well, we can do this model in the meantime and still sell more switches than Sony is selling PS5s or Microsoft is selling Xbox Series X's. It's not a bad plan. I mean, I mean, I think they're still going to make a huge profit on these. It's an amazing console, and they're, they're still a billion dollar out. company for a reason, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. and that you can't argue with the product. I love my Switch. I have been waiting a while, though, for a new big triple A game. However, I did see this one, and it did pique my interest. Mario Golf is back. Mario Golf Super Rush isn't any good, though? Well, let's listen to this. No matter if you journey, race, fight, or simply golf, you must conquer the fairway. Who's your caddy? (laughs) Who's your caddy? Come on, it's Mario Golf. It's super fun. The new... The new the new golf that features the everyone's favorite plumber and his friends, um, it's just as fun as always. In fact, it, it's it's deeper than you would expect. Up to four people can play, and myself and the kids were all playing, and we played normal golf. But you have more fun with speed golf or battle golf, and the idea there is it's not just you know sort of try and sink your ball in. The fewest strokes possible. It's you have to sink your ball before somebody else does. And in battle golf, actually, you're there are holes all over the screen, and there's nothing worse than you're about to putt your ball into this specific hole, but somebody else sinks their putt first, and once that happens, the hole disappears. And so you have to find another hole that you can play your ball to. And it's the first person to sink three putts on the course wins. It's amazing. It's fun. It's raucous. We had a blast playing it. And you can also actually, there's a bit of a light role-playing experience in Super Rush 2. So you can actually take your me character through what they call golf adventure and level up your character as they go through this adventure. And then you can take that me character into all the other game modes. So you don't have to play as Mario or Peach or Waluigi. You can actually play as your own character in all of these different competitive modes. It's tons of fun. It's family friendly. It's uh, fun and enjoyment for everybody. Battle golf in real life. How awesome would that be, Blaine Kylo? I think we should just start it. And put some videos on YouTube. Yeah, and you can imagine what it would be like if um, you equipped your clubs with, like, razors and things like that on the other side. And yeah. now all of a sudden it's um, Escape from New York Battle Golf. Yeah, something like, you know, uh, what was that movie at the Coliseum when the, with the guy and the fighting? <laughs> 
Gladiator. Uh, Thunderdome? Thunderdome? That's the one. Gladiator. Thunderdome. <laughs> Ooh, Beyond Thunderdome, but golf version of it. See? Golf and then you could even have golf carts that are jacked up, right? Little Mel Gibson, Tina Turner on there singing. We'd be rocking on. Do you go tackle somebody just as they're about to putt? See, this would be fun. I had a cousin this get hit by a golf club once. Uh, you don't even need razor blades on those things. The clubs themselves no. are they're dangerous. Vicious. I, though I, there was a guy who, uh, when I worked at a golf course when I was a kid, he got really, really mad and he threw his golf club and it bounced off the seat of the cart and came back and cut him really, really bad. <laughs> but, well, karma sucks. That's called universe justice. Yeah. Um, all right. Peloton, the most expensive of all the fitness things, seems to be, um, they're, they're up to, up to no good here. What's going on, Blinkado? Yeah, people tend to know Peloton because of the stationary bikes that they manufacture and put out there in the world, but they also have a treadmill that they call Tread Plus. And they had an issue with that treadmill earlier this year because it was implicated in the death of a child in the UK and no fewer than 72 injuries, in part because it just wasn't built very well, it wasn't built very secure. Um, and so in addition to doing a voluntary recall, the company actually disabled the feature of the treadmill that allowed people to just use it as a treadmill, just as a raw treadmill. So if you've got a tread, the only way you can actually use it now is if you subscribe to their monthly service, which is like 40 bucks US a month. So... And, and if you don't, then you can't actually unlock the treadmill for safety and security reasons. They've mm. locked all of the treadmills down. This is one of the issues with internet connected devices. You actually only have so much control over these devices. Um, Peloton, because they are all connected, uh, Peloton can actually shut them down anytime they want. They Peloton has said in a statement that they plan on providing the unlock feature without a Peloton membership. But in the meantime, anybody who's got a tread and wants to use it has to spend an extra 40 bucks a month for one of the Peloton subscriptions. That's very scammy. I find that very scammy. Yeah, it feels that way. Um, I mean, that's their business model, right? So yes, they've got these treadmills and the stationary bikes that are not cheap, actually. They're expensive devices. But really, what Peloton wants is they want you subscribing to their workout service mm -hmm. so that you can do rides with trainers and all these other things. That's the business model. The model is the subscription service. Um, the devices are just a way to get you into the membership. Do you know how much that I've been trying to find it? Do you know how much the uh, the actual treadmill costs? Because it's like a couple grand, isn't it? It's more than that. I think it was when they first came out. They were close to five thousand dollars U.S. and they oh. are priced cheaper now because they've got some issues with them. But I think I think that they're still thirty thirty three hundred dollars U.S. for a Imagine tread that, eh? from Peloton. Well, and they're not the only ones too. There's been an awful lot of talk about some luxury car makers doing that in cars. Uh, unrelated to this, but something like every car that you buy from car company X actually comes with a heated steering wheel and heated seats and whatever. And then you would just pay the monthly fee and you could have heated seats this month. Right? Uh, subscription based stuff like that. So there's it a is, lot of talk is, about those things. It's a, it's an, it's an exciting business model for companies because it means that they get consistent revenue streams. There's a reason that software companies have gone that direction. Microsoft and their Office 365 is, is one of the biggest right now. All of Adobe software is now, um, subscription based. And it means that they don't have to go through periods where, you know, we have to release new software in order to, make money and maybe not everybody's going to upgrade to the new software. If you've got everybody on a subscription model, then you've got consistent revenue streams. The appeal for um, users, for customers with software anyway, is you're always using the most recent updated best version of the software. Of course, the problem there is you don't necessarily have a computer system that can use the most updated 
software right. in the world. And you can't roll it back in a lot of cases too, which is interesting. And um, you can say the businesses can sell their business for more money when they've got that guaranteed income too. So that's why it's appealing too. All right, moving off to YouTube. They've come up with another product. Hopefully they stop asking me to subscribe to YouTube music videos. That would be handy. Um, even though <laughs> that was a bit of a backfire because they were like, don't see commercials. Unless, of course, they force feed commercials to you. What's up next for YouTube? Something they've been talking about for a while, and it's now available. It's YouTube Shorts. This is the service and the system that was designed specifically to compete against other short-form video sites. The biggest one that you'll know is TikTok. Mm -hmm. So YouTube Shorts lets creators add text and captions to their videos. Um, you can record through an app short 60-second videos that you can add photos and video clips to. You've got filters that you can overlay on everything. But most importantly, Shorts lets you sample audio from other Shorts. And this is what made TikTok really uh, the interesting thing that it is today. It's that you can have a short TikTok video and somebody else will take that and modify it and do something else with it and then somebody else will modify that and so you end up with these strings of iterative creative um, videos all morphing and building on what's happened before that's what makes TikTok interesting and YouTube Shorts also allows that to happen solocore.com at solocore s-o-l-o-c-o-r-p-s blaine kylo is here on the shift thanks blaine I appreciate it buddy i hope everybody has a fantastic week any uh you got 10 seconds you got any ball games this weekend uh there will be some ball this weekend yep and um some disc golf and maybe some video games there's some other things happening that are fun Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.